0: We're doing this series on on grieving. And I I think it's a vital series because I believe that we all grieve, whether we call it grief or recognize it as grief, many times in our life. We don't just grieve when we lose a loved one, although, of course, that is a huge part of it. We grieve when when we lose our health. We grieve when we lose status. Somewhere, You know, maybe you were a big shot at work, and then all of a sudden you weren't a big shot. Anybody ever been through that before? Or or, or you were really popular, and then you went to a place where you weren't popular. Or we grieve because we lose a family member. Or we grieve because we lose a job. And all of these things drive certain feelings in us. We've been talking about them. They drive us to anger. Um... They drive us to denial, no, it doesn't bother me, it doesn't bother me, and all of these things. But today, I want to take us, it's sort of like we're going on this journey, and we get to this part where we realize uh, it, it just feels completely hopeless. And this is key. There's a saying, it's darkest before dawn. And so, we're going to get to acceptance and hope the next couple of weeks. But today, I want to talk to you about depression. It's recognized. It's recognized by people that study this, but it's recognized all throughout the scriptures, over and over and over again. There are incredibly depressed people. So first of all, if you've ever dealt with depression, you're in fine company. Don't worry. Because the first thing that you want to do is you want to beat yourself up and say, well, if I was really a good Christian or if I was a really a good person, I wouldn't be depressed. That just can't be true. If you look at uh, if you look at the scripture over and over and over again, these guys are battling. And let's take an example of Job. Many of you know the story of Job, but a quick summary in the first chapter of Job, he, he's tested, and Job loses basically everything you can lose, short of his own life. He loses his job. He loses his status. He loses his children. He loses just about everything a person can lose. And this verse, by the way, is often quoted by pastors. I am sure I've quoted it myself a time or two over the years. In the end of Job chapter 1, verse 21, it says, you know, naked I came, into this world, and naked I'm going to depart. May the name of the Lord be praised. And it's like a powerful, it's, it's written as a poem there, and it, it, it's a lot of power. Like, I came with nothing, and I'm leaving with nothing. May God be praised. And it sounds really good, and in certain applications, it's great. But here's the truth. Not a chapter later, in the beginning of chapter 3, Job says, curse the day that I was born. This is an important thing to follow. Why? Because it, sometimes we say things because we were told to say them. Sometimes we say things because we believe that's the right thing to say. It's okay. It's fine. Let's be honest. Who's ever been pretending in life? It's fine. Everything's fine. You just got to pretend. Sometimes it's okay. You have to pretend to get through the day. That's understandable. And so Job says, may the name of the Lord be praised. It's, it's all fine. But it wasn't fine. And the loss kept coming. And by the time you get to chapter three, it's an entire chapter of Job cursing the day that he was born. Why didn't my mother's knees even receive me as he was born? Here's just the, the, the truth if you've ever really suffered, Any type of loss. If you've ever loved anyone or anything, love and loss are connected. They're always connected. If you're gonna gonna choose to love anyone or anything, you're gonna have loss in your life. You can't have them any other way. And when you have loss, your heart is broken. And one of the phases that we go through is we start to ask, what's the point of it anyway? I don't, even, I don't even know why I'm here. Now, look, this is important because if you're ever going to grow in your faith, this, this whole series is about growing through grief. That grief is an avenue through which you can grow as a person. You can grow spiritually. You can become a better person through grief. In fact, you might even say it's almost necessary What do we call someone that's never ever lost anything? That's gotten everything they ever wanted in life. That everything's always gone their way in life. What do we call that person? We're always talking about somebody else of course, but what do we call them? A spoiled brat. In other words, what we realize is that's a shallow person. That's a person that hasn't grown up much yet. And so Intuitively, we know somehow that losing things, loss and suffering, has to be a part. Now, we don't wish it on anybody, of course, but reality is life just happens that way. And instead of looking at grief as something to avoid and to be afraid of, we need to, as Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn, happy, satisfied, deeply, are those who mourn. In other words, there's something in it. Something in it. Interesting little part of the book of Ezekiel. In the second chapter, about the ninth verse, um, they come to Ezekiel and there's this scroll. And on the scroll is written um, all kinds of suffering and woe and lament, loss, pain, grief, suffering. And he's told, take the scroll and eat it. Now, what is that? It's a metaphor of take that in. What we want to do when we see suffering, loss, and grief, we want to what? Avoid it. Push it away. I'm fine. Everything's okay. You push it away. You turn the chapter in Ezekiel, when he eats it, it says it was... Sweet to his mouth. What does that mean? It means there's something sweet in suffering. That it doesn't help us to constantly avoid those things. Right now, like, you know, Charlie's into watching little movie clips, and so she will get the iPad, and I I know, you know, I'm, I'm probably a bad parent, and I'm trying to limit it. I'm trying. I'm trying. Anybody else trying? I'm a bad parent but anyway she ends up with the iPad and she's scrolling and now she knows how to scroll she can do all these things you know she can master navigate YouTube at two years old and we're, we're always just looking over are you watching happy Are you watching she knows you know, I'm watching happy in other words some things they will start to feed on there you worry are you you know I don't want you watching is it happy yes it's happy and we have this little plastic bubble we're trying to raise her in right but we know. It's going to get popped, right? She's going to experience sad. She's going to experience loss. She's going to experience these things. But it's as if we're trying to do that for ourselves to say, you know, just, just watch happy. The reality is, and if you've been around here, you know how much I preach faith and optimism and hope, and we're going to get there. But, but look, you won't be a balanced, you won't be a healthy human, can I just be brutally honest. You won't be a healthy human being if you don't allow yourself to know and experience these phases as well. Look at Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes, chapter 2, verse 17, he goes, so I hated life. Now, he didn't hate it all of his life, but there will be a day, there will be a morning that you might wake up, and it just doesn't all make sense. And I just want to say this. It's a phase, and just understand that it's a phase. Don't feel bad that that you're having this phase. Understand that it is a phase, and it's okay to go through different phases, and then understand you can move through that phase. Jesus on the cross... My God. He's quoting Psalm 22. You know, I have a good friend. Uh, he always has a song for everything. He has a song. So did Jesus, right? This was his songbook, the Psalms. He's on the cross, and it just comes to us. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's what it's like to be depressed, is to be, feel like God's completely forsaken you. Isn't it good to know that Jesus himself felt, the feelings that you feel? Let's be honest. Sometimes we just don't feel good. And you have to go through life, and you go to church, or you go to work, or you have to be with the family, and sometimes you just have to put on the face, you know? Sometimes you have to get through it. I get that. But the reality is, deep down, sometimes this is exactly how you feel. God, why have you forsaken me? The depression but you know what? There is a teacher there. There's something sweet in that scroll that if you just let it sit for a minute. Remember the first time you ever had coffee? Oh, remember? Oh. Who here is addicted? I'll just put both of them. My- Who's addicted to coffee? <laughs> how far you've come? so bitter you couldn't do it you couldn't do it huh I remember when I was young I was with our, our church group when I was a teenager we went on a we did a couple different mission trips when I was a teenager and I remember we by, by a weird circumstance I ended up in uh, in Luxembourg you know and I uh, they mess up the tickets, and so I, I was one of the kind of the kind of student leaders, and so I got sent ahead, and I'm with a couple of friends, and we're just waiting for the rest of the group to get there. And like, what do you do when you're teenagers in Luxembourg? And so we go, and we sit at a little cafe, and I brought the menu, and they said, espresso, and I thought, oh, that sounds fancy. You know what I mean? And growing up in Flint, I know all about fancy, right? So I had no idea what it was, but I thought, give me one of those. And I remember when they put it down there, and I thought, that's mud. And I tasted it and it was so disgusting. Never had coffee before then, right? I, you don't start with espresso. How many you know? You know what you start with? You go to 7 Eleven, you get one of those vanilla things. It's not really any coffee in it, it's ca- vanilla cappuccino things, huh? That's the starter grieving, right? That's where you start. You, you work your way. But this is the truth. We avoid it's bitter, we avoid bitterness. And the reality is there's something sweet there. Suffering, listen carefully, please, will open up your heart in a way that nothing else will open up your heart. You can go through life and shut down your heart. You can do it. You focus on work. You focus on numbers. You focus on proving things. You focus on fights with other people. And you can shut down your heart. You can stop growing. You can learn a lot of things and still stop growing. How I many you know what I'm talking about. Because this has to open for you to grow. And you know what happens when you lose? And everybody loses at some point in their life. Your heart starts to open up. You'll feel it. You will feel If any of you have ever loved somebody and you've lost them, you feel something in your chest. How is that? By the way, if you don't believe in God, this is unbelievable. How do you talk about that? How do you prove that? How do you deal with that? Who cares? This is just another chunk of flesh over here. And this chunk of flesh is no longer going to walk around. No, no, no. It just, like, rips something down in here. Who can explain the tearing? Does anybody know what I'm talking about, where you could feel something physical inside of your chest when you've lost someone? Physical. Something's opening. There's an opening in grief, if you will allow it. Depression can feel like there's no reason to go forward. Why? Because you loved that person or you loved that thing or who you were so much. You, you see Peter fighting to the very end when Jesus is arrested. They're in the garden. Remember, Jesus is even praying. No. Look, don't try to be a superhero because if Jesus prayed, let the suffering stop, it's okay. Jesus, Father, let this suffering, let this cup pass from me. Please, no more. Please, no more. And Peter's got his sword out. He's going to fight to the end. That's human nature. We resist it. We resist it. And then it happens anyway. Many been there? but I prayed. I I was told if I prayed that God would do this and they passed anyway and I lost anyway. That's reality. That's life. That's why the symbol and the center of our faith is death and resurrection. That's why the center of it is death and resurrection because all of this death has hope at the other side. But, we never get to skip to resurrection. How many like to just skip to Easter Sunday morning? Can we just do a flyover on a good Friday? No. That's not how it works. That's the real pattern of life. But if you will sit there for a minute, there's something sweet in the suffering. There's a part of you that will never grow when everything's going exactly as planned. So what happens when things don't go as planned? What do you do? Start asking questions. Why didn't this work out? Why did this happen? Well, this doesn't seem to make sense, because anybody ever talk to yourself? Who's got a few questions when things aren't going? right? we start asking, we start going down the list. And what happens in Ezekiel is he just starts asking questions. And how many know you start getting in trouble when you start asking too many questions? Why? Because there aren't enough answers. Because life isn't just that simple. Can't it fit into neat little boxes? Oh, don't we want it to? By the way, who here, when you were younger, you had all the answers? Wasn't that great when you had every answer? Wasn't that beautiful? Weren't you something? Weren't you a joy to be around? Huh? With all the answers. Oh, well, let me just tell you this. And and then if you throw a Bible verse next to it, oh, you were especially a delight. (laughs) Everyone brought you to the party. Bring the Bible answer man, here he goes. He'll tell you. And you start to realize wait, 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 wait. It's a little more complicated than that. There's some stuff here that I can't put together. And it feels like the word we would use is darkness. And that's right on the edge of faith. See? We walk by faith, not by sight. Isn't that funny that people of faith have tried to be the people that have all the answers, but the idea of faith is I don't have all the answers, but I have faith. God deliver us from having all the answers and God bless us with faith. Because when you get to the darkest day, the, 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 I'd call them some of the maybe the great saints, called this the dark night of the soul. It was when the real breakthrough came. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but some of you will know what I'm talking about. Dark night of the soul, when a breakthrough came, when you had to let go of a certain thing, a way that you thought about life, a way that you thought about God, a way that you thought about yourself. Oh, you remember being so impressed with yourself? Remember those days? (laughs) Or are you still there? I don't. I don't want to offend you, but oh, right? Just oh man, am I the stuff? you know and it's all good when you're growing that's all good no that's good that's healthy isn't that right like i bought charlie a little mirror and I, I found in this old dumpy thing and it was like had a little point on like a little church old church well not this church but another church window and and it, and i was like oh that's and i cleaned it all up and i put it in charlie's room cuz every day she likes to be a princess and she likes to impress herself with herself <laughs> and that's how we all grow up But then something has to happen. This is big. And that has to die. Then your old persona, the old you, what Paul called the old man. Paul was always talking about this tension between the old man and the new. That one had to go. You see why grief can help you grow like nothing else. doesn't have to be looked at poorly. But it's just God's way of getting down deeper. You ever been talking with a friend? I mean, a real friend. Not, not like a surface friend, because we all have surface friends, and that's fine. We need those too. But like a real friend. And then something happens in the conversation, and you're like, oh, this is going to get deeper. We're going to start talking about real stuff here in a minute. How does God do that with you? How does God change the subject? Say, but could we talk about real things for just a minute? Oftentimes, it's loss. And then, we'll get there next week. Right before dawn, it's darkest. And then you see that first ray of sunshine. And you like lamentations. Your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You see that little ray of sunshine, you're like, no, 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 this isn't over. This isn't over. Next week, we'll get there.